Hey guys, it's TJ. You know you're doing something right when all of your tech breaks down talking about God. <laughs> and I was in the middle of this and Facebook uh, audio cut out and uh, the other audio that I had going on in the background cut out. And um, fortunately, I still had the audio from Instagram, which is not as good of audio, but still audio nonetheless, and I believe this will bless you. So enjoy. Uh, you might hear my voice a bit, um, I don't know, worn might not be the right word, but uh, let's just put it this way. I, I just got done with this 50 or so minutes, and um, I'm talking about the power of encounter, and uh, I think it's only appropriate that I also got encountered. <laughs> while talking about the power of encounter. So um, I hope that uh, I hope that you receive. And if you do, um, share it with somebody. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you. Before starting, I just felt very strongly Holy Spirit wanted me to speak about the power of encounter. And I sat here, well, I stood, <laughs> I stood here and I was just looking through different scripture and I was like, Lord, what is it that, Lord, what is it that you want me to talk about today? The power of encounter. If you're watching, go ahead and share this on your feed. If you're listening, share this with somebody because I know people need to hear it. I know we need to be talking about this. But I was, I was asking myself and I was asking, I was asking Holy Spirit, what is it that I need to be sharing? Looking through all this different scripture and what, I started to realize as I, I needed to ask God himself, right? Rather than trying to do it on my own, I needed to ask God himself. So I said, Lord, can you show me uh, scripture that I need to see? And it's so funny because he took me to uh, Ecclesiastes 12. Now, I don't know my Bible that well. Uh, I'm not, not proud of that. I'm just saying it's just factual. I don't know my Bible well enough to know at Ecclesiastes 12, what is it that I'm going to see? In fact, most of my journey, most of my journey has been a journey of encountering God and learning the Bible after. I've been, you know, seeing things, doing things, experiencing things, and then I learn biblically how those things are uh, laid out for me very clearly. In other words, in my spirit, I've been led by Holy Spirit in my life, and then I learn afterwards, oh, there's scripture for that. And so a big part of my journey, and if you're watching, if you're listening, you're probably like me, you're a seer and feeler, and maybe you were raised in a culture or an environment where you were taught to be a thinker and doer. And if you're like me, you're going to need to know the power of encounter because encounter is what's going to unlock so much of who God designed you to be as a seer and feeler. Now, back to this part about scripture, and I was looking at all this different scripture, and for me, what that practically looks like is I'll look online, I'll do some searches, I've got my Bible right here, and I'll just pull it out, and I'll start looking around, and, and uh, I've got a couple things in mind, but, but I didn't ask God himself, so I said, Holy Spirit, where do I need to go? He said, Ecclesiastes. So I end up in Ecclesiastes, and he shows me, Actually, I'm, I'm actually in my Bible right now. I'm reading from one of my notes. I don't know when I wrote this. Typically, I'll write a date and time for uh, when, I, when I write my notes. I'm looking at Ecclesiastes 12, 
verse 12. And it says, Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. And I have written next to that, overthinking theology. Overthinking theology. Now, how funny is that? Because here I am, I feel like, Lord, you are prompting me to talk about encounter and the power of encounter. What scripture do you want me to lead? Uh, Do you want me to read? Do you want me to lead with? And there I am going through, like thinking, 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 thinking. And then I say, wait a second, I actually haven't gone to God himself. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? He leads me to Ecclesiastes 12. I read this first. And it says, of many books, there is no end and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Essentially, essentially what the author of this is saying and what I'm reading is, guess what? It's good to have wisdom because prior to that, it's, it's talking about the words of the wise, help you move along. Sometimes it hurts, but it's helpful. And then, it, and then he says, you know what? But of many books, there is no end and much study is weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, verse 13, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. And I want to talk about what the fear of God actually means, because I believe this is going to unlock encounter for somebody. I actually believe the fear of God is going to unlock encounter for somebody. Now, this is important because I'm just being led by the Spirit to talk about this. If you're listening... I want you to share this with somebody, especially if you're feeling that tug on your heart, especially if you're feeling like, wow, this is actually making sense for me. This is actually making sense for me. So if you're listening, something for you to understand and something for you to think about is how have I seen the fear of God in my life? What does the fear of God look like in my life? Has the fear of God look like me fearing disappointment? Has the fear of God look like me in awe of him? Has the fear of God look like me coming to him like a child and just being amazed by what he can do when I'm actually submitted to him and just open-handed without any expectation, religious ritual, striving to try and get some kind of outcome. Now, what's very interesting right now is I'm on Facebook and there's a whole thing around the audio not working and all of that. And so I feel like I'm even just with this distraction right now, even with this distraction right now, I feel like God is just wanting to really talk about this specific thing and I sense that and more specifically because I know, I know that the enemy doesn't want me to talk about this. He doesn't want me to talk about how to fear God. He doesn't want me to talk about the awesomeness of God. He doesn't want me to talk about how people can actually come to God in a way where they can encounter him as a loving God who wants to just pour out all of who he is in Holy Spirit in you so that you can actually live empowered and live a changed life that is going to be from a place where you are not resenting the church and resenting the people of your upbringing, resenting the people 
of your past, resenting the people who have shown you a side of God that is not the true character of God, but is actually empowered by the power of God, which comes in the form of the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus in your life and you come to God and you submit to him and not just your spirit, which is what happens at salvation, but in your mind, will, and emotions, which is your soul and your physical body. And you bring that into full submission to Jesus or the Bible, the one true God, when you bring it into submission to him and you allow him to actually be the Lord of your life and you say, Holy Spirit, fill me up and you have an awesomeness of God in your eyes, in your heart, in your mind and you are just blown away by what the things, the things that God wants to reveal in your life. You are going to live an empowered life where you are no longer fearing man. You are no longer worried about all these things that are gonna happen. You are no longer in confusion. You are no longer sitting there thinking you have to sit and read the Bible for six hours to actually have some real personal time with God. You're no longer living in religion. You're no longer living up to other people's expectations. You're no longer striving for performance and achievement and all these things that are of the world which are not necessarily bad things, but when they're not rooted out of the intimacy of the relationship of the only thing that's secure in this world, which is the God who made this world, then you are just setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for the enemy's agenda of which he has authority over the earth to steal, kill, and destroy the things of God in which we, by receiving the power of Holy Spirit, are empowered to bring the kingdom of God, which is to bring life and life abundantly back to this earth. And God is empowering people right now. He's empowering you right now to have an encounter. And if you're being filled up in your heart, if something is being stirred in your heart, if something is coming up for you right now, I believe God is speaking to you and I believe you're having a personal encounter. Now, encounters happen all the time, but because we do not live out of the awesomeness and the true fear of God, but because we live out of the place of disappointment and the fear of disappointment and the fear of rejection and the fear of not being accepted, all kinds of different ways of saying the same thing. People are not living from that place where they're truly going to be empowered to empower other people. They're living from a place where they're trying to meet other people's expectations or opinions or approvals so that they can then hopefully be approved by God. And you're never going to be approved by God from other people. You're never going to be approved by God from a pastor, a priest. You're never going to be approved by God from your parents, your past, from anything except Jesus. Jesus is the one way to the Father. Jesus is the one way to the Father, and he's the only way. And if you believe that in your heart, if you confess, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior, you actually get to receive God, the power of the living God today, Holy Spirit empowering you. And when you, when you actually confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and you actually start to give up your rebellion and your right for rebellion because people have harmed you or sinned against you or done things in your life where it's unfortunate and it's sad and you've been a victim and that's true. And some of those things that have actually happened are not good things. They've been injustices. But when you give up your right to stand on the validation of your injustices and you submit your life to Jesus, Lord and Savior, you actually get to receive tenfold, twentyfold, a hundredfold. You actually get to receive the power of God in you and you actually get to receive as a part of that the awesomeness of God because you are fearing God out of the awesomeness of who he is rather than out of this fear of, of disappointment. 
And while God can be, can, be, can be viewed as a God who we can have reverence for and we should, he is also a father and he's also a father who cares about you deeply, loves you deeply, and he wants the best for you. He has plans for good and not for harm, for prosper. And he wants you to know that, but it starts with submitting to him out of the place of him being awesome, the fear of God, the fear of the awesome God, not the fear of the God who you're always gonna be a disappointment in his eyes, so it doesn't really matter anyway. You just could continue trying all these religious rituals that are empty, that have superstition involved in them, that actually aren't gonna get you anywhere except feeling for a fleeting second like you've done something to be a good person, but you're still not righteous in God's eyes because he's never gonna be satisfied. That's not true. God is satisfied in the righteous one who is Jesus, and he's satisfied in you when you confess Jesus is the only way, the truth, the life, the way to the Father, the person, the God, the Lord and Savior of your life. And you actually get to start to see all the ways that God has encountered you in your life as you do this. You get to see all the ways that God has been faithful in your life. Your eyes are open when you actually start to com- completely submit your life to God. Your eyes are open, and when you approach God, your eyes are opened when you approach him from that place of saying, God, you must be the most amazing God in the world because you gave me the choice to believe in you or not. You must be the best God that there is. I can't actually buy the lie of other people's actions who have falsely represented you because it is so apparent to me by me encountering you right now, weeping on the floor alone in my room, I can't imagine how good you are because you have you have sent your only son for me and i'm not experiencing that as an intellectual exercise i'm experiencing it as a heartfelt encounter with the living god and it's just simply me submitting to you saying my rebellion and my right to be upset for the injustices in my life does not outweigh the power of your love the strength of your love the love that you have for me, the love that you've shown me, that you continue to show me, and you've been encountering me all my life and I'm just now seeing, I'm just now seeing. Let me tell you a very quick story because this is coming to me right now. I want to tell you a story about my father who was dying. I was adopted at birth and, and uh, I had an amazing family growing up. I want to tell you about the faithfulness of the Father in heaven by this example of my Father on earth. I want to tell you about the things that are happening that you might not see, but they might be happening regardless of whether you see them. And when your eyes are open, it will break you into pieces out of the love that someone can have for you, the love that the Father has for you. In this case, it was the love that my Father had for me. My Father was dying. At this point, it was weeks into a very traumatic, very difficult experience of watching him die. And he was on the bed and I said, uh, you know, I was talking with him and I said, hey, I was going through the magazines in your office. And at this point, he couldn't really talk back to me. He couldn't really say anything out of his mouth because his body was just kind of in that state. So these were the final moments, if not, you know, the final day. And I said, I was going through the magazines uh, in your office and I pulled out this one magazine that was from the early 90s. Now, this is 
2017. So he had kept a magazine from the early 90s. I thought it must have some significance. On the front cover were a picture of, it must have been either a man and a woman or a family uh, rollerblading. Now, for that to be significant, you'd have to understand the story of my life. When I was very young, I remember rollerblading with my sister and my father, and we would go on the weekends to go rollerblade together. And I remember one of the first things that I did as a kid, sports activities, I tried all these different things. One of the first things that I did was I started um, getting an interest in rollerblading and playing inline hockey. So not ice hockey, but hockey on rollerblades. And I remember uh, my dad at the time, he must have been in his 40s, early 50s. He had never rollerbladed before. He had never played hockey before. He had never done any of those things before. And I remember he picked up the sport. And he picked up the sport that eventually we would play together when I was in my late teens uh, heading into college. He would have an adult league, an adult hockey team, and I would go kind of like sneak on the adult league because he had to be 18 or older to join. And I think I was like 16 or 17, but the guys kind of all agreed it was okay. And um, Lord, I repent. But we would go and, and play together. And that was, you know, years after we started doing this whole inline skating thing. And I remember him telling me uh, as I was growing up and as I was doing all these different things, I didn't play inline hockey all the way through or ice hockey all the way through. I didn't, I, I started in line and then I had a break and then I picked up ice hockey when I was maybe in seventh or eighth grade. And um, I remember him telling me in seventh or eighth grade, he said, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to play hockey because I think it'd be really cool one day if we're playing hockey on the same team. I thought, wow, yeah, that would be amazing. Well, you know, he had that clear intention so I just thought that was amazing that he would even have that intention and share that with me. But now it's, it's 2017 and these are last moments of his life and I find this magazine and I open up to a page in the magazine and there's a very specific article that I open up to and the whole thing talks about the importance of family togetherness and how Inline skating, rollerblading, is a great way for families to spend time together. And it goes into detail about how parents can spend time with their kids and all these different things. I never knew how or why we started inline skating until the last moments of my dad's life. And I'm sitting there with him and I can speak to him. He can't really respond other than maybe a movement, small movement or two, but I know he's listening. And I said, I found that article, the article with the rollerblading, and I read that one piece where it talked about how families can spend time together and how it's a great means of parents to spend time with their children and for bonding to happen. I said, did you leave that article for me to find. 
and he couldn't do anything except slightly nod his head. And I started weeping. If that doesn't show you the intentionality that a father on earth can have, that 20 some years earlier, he would be so thoughtful as to say, wow, this is a good idea. Maybe I should keep this. Maybe I should actually take my kids out. Maybe I should pick up a new sport. Maybe, maybe we should go out together. Maybe over the years, even if he doesn't continue to do inline skating, maybe he'll come back to it. I can continue doing it. Maybe if he picks up ice hockey, we can actually play on the same team. Maybe all these things, and maybe I'll keep the magazine so that he can actually come back to the original idea, the time that I had, that moment that I had where I thought this might be something, a legacy of sorts that I could leave with my son. Time for he and I to have intentional time together. And this might be a gift to him in the future. And out of all the things, all the things that were left behind, all the stories, all the moments, all the memories, the most impactful times, the best memories that I have with my father on earth, are the times that we would go and play hockey together at 4 a.m. And we would have private lessons. Or the times that I would finish a game and go play on his adult hockey team and get to be a part of his life. And for all the times, you can have a disagreement with somebody, you can see somebody for honestly, who they're not really. You can be upset with somebody. You can recognize the imperfections in somebody. It doesn't change the intentionality, the faithfulness of that person all along. And we had a great relationship, but I know a lot of families and a lot of fathers, they don't have good relationships with their sons. And I know the Father in heaven wants to have a good relationship with you. But he's not the problem. He's not the problem. The problem is the enemy has distorted our view. The problem is the enemy has made you believe a lie about your father in heaven because you've had a father on earth that has bought into the lies and didn't even know it. The problem is because you had a pastor who made a poor representation of the Father in heaven. The problem is because you got dealt a tough hand in life and you're still a victim, even when you're not a victim. The problem is it starts with understanding God's not the problem. But people don't understand that. People don't understand that because the enemy literally has a stronghold on people's minds. And he continues to build in that home all the lies. And people feed the lies 
with culture and media and things that they see, their own perspective. They haven't submitted or laid down their right They haven't given God the right to speak into their life. And God wants to speak into your life. God wants to show you that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it's not the fear you think it is. It's the fear of him being so awesome. So awesome you could never imagine. So awesome that you literally can't live a change, you can't live the same life. You have to live a changed life when you've encountered him. The power of encounter is so important and too many people are living in religion. Too many people know theology, but they have never met the living God. Too many people know spiritual things with other gods, with other spirits who pretend to be the one true God because they've been deceived, because they weren't getting the real encounter with the living God in whatever religion they'd been a part of. I know this from my own experience. I grew up in religion. I grew up watching people fall asleep in church. I grew up not moved by what I heard. I grew up thinking there's gotta be an intellectual way to God. And then I came to my own end. And then I realized I don't know the way to God. And then I got hungry for God. And I started reading my Bible on my own. I started seeking God on my own, like a child, saying, God, I don't know. I don't know the answers. But if you're really the God I think you are, then you must have the answers. And what he did is when I laid down my weapons, he started to encounter me. He started to show me that he had been there all along. He started to help me see all the times in my life where I thought things had gone wrong. I thought things were the worst. I thought, and how he was there. He started to show me all the different things that I didn't see throughout my day to day, things I was overlooking. It's like I had sunglasses on my whole life and then he took them off and I could see color for the first time. And I believe people are walking around right now, not even blind. If they were blind, they'd at least know it because they run into something. People are walking around with sunglasses on and they think that that's the way the world looks. And God's saying, there's so much more. There is so much more. But you have to come to him like a child. You can't come to him like the person who has all these conclusions. You can't come to him seeking all these intellectual frameworks of how to Put God in the box because Ecclesiastes says, Ecclesiastes 12 says, of many books there is no end and much study is a weariness of the flesh. It's not that books are bad. It's not that study is bad. It's when those are the means to get to the God who can never be understood without the grace of God 
without the power of God, we're missing the whole thing. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God. That's the starting point. Fear God. Fear how awesome he is. Uh, how amazing God is. When you start to say, Lord, you have got to be better than what I can cultivate for my own life. You have got to have more answers than what I have discovered as my answers. You have got to be bigger than what I have had described to me or shown to me as to how big you are. Lord, I actually need to know you, not you through other people. I need to know you. When you come to God and you actually want to get to know him, when you come to God and you say, Lord, I'm at my own end, more study, more knowledge is not going to do it for me. I need, to, I need you to show up for me in a way that breaks down all my ways of thinking. I don't know what agreements I've made. I tell people all the time, you can't go lie hunting. We talk about the power of agreements all the time. And I tell people all the time, I've learned you can't go lie hunting. You can't go looking for all the ways you've learned things wrong. That is not a good use of your energy. Instead, start with what's true. The truth sets you free. And Jesus says, I'm the truth. And he sets you free. And so if you want to know Yeshua, if you want to know Jesus, come to God and say, Lord, if you are the one true God, if you sent your only son on my behalf to take the punishment for sin, if you had an original design and Satan got in, if Jesus actually rose from the dead, if he's a living God and Holy Spirit is now here and I get to receive him, Lord, I want your spirit in me. Lord, I want your spirit in me. I don't want anything else. I just want your spirit in me. If the truth sets you free, I want it. I want it. And if you're watching right now, if you're listening right now, and if you want the truth, the truth is Jesus is the only way to the Father. He died for your sin. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. We were at a coffee shop yesterday. It was in the evening. My wife sees a woman and a man at the back of a car. They'd been there for like an hour. She says, do they need help? <laughs> it's like they were just at the, I said they were at the back of the car. They were literally under the car, under the car. We walk over and I see this man is trying to get this tire off of the back of this, un, the, underneath the car. And he can't get it off, can't get it off. Anyway, we end up getting down, helping him get this tire off and, as he's changing the tire, my brother-in-law's over with him. My wife and I are standing with the woman. And I hear Holy Spirit speak to me. He says, she's never heard the full gospel. Earlier that day, I was on Instagram and I said, it's amazing to me how many people grow up in the church and are told, as I didn't grow up in the church, so to speak, I grew up in religion, but I mean, church groups, ministry, all that stuff I wasn't familiar with. I so said, it's amazing 
how many people grow up in the church and are told to go preach the gospel, but they've never been changed by it. That's what I said earlier that day. Now here I am at the beginning, uh, I'm sorry, at the end of the day. And I, I'm standing there with this woman and my wife and I hear Holy Spirit just in a subtle way in my mind say, she's never heard the full gospel. Billy Graham once said, if I didn't think I had something that could actually solve everything in the world, I'd just live on a farm and have a good life. I don't think he meant that he had a bad life. I just think he meant that he felt compelled to do something with his life because he'd been changed by something so powerful and he'd seen so many people changed by it. And people who haven't been changed by the gospel, it's very easy for someone to make a judgment. Especially people in the church who've been told to preach the gospel but have never been changed by it. But for somebody who's been changed by the gospel because of encounters with God, the power of the living God, when Holy Spirit says she's never heard the full gospel, there is no way to describe how amazing it is to ask if she would like to hear the full gospel because of what you know God does in somebody's life. So I asked her, I said, I just feel like, I asked her a couple questions. Where are you from? Are you in this career profession? And I said, hey, you know, I think God is actually asking me uh, or sharing something with me. And I, I'd just be curious, have you, ever, have you ever heard the full gospel? And she said, shook her head, just, just said, go on. I knew she knew Jesus, but I think she'd been far from him. I knew she knew the Father. I think she'd been far from him. And uh, so I told her, I said, in the beginning there was creation. God created man. God created woman. Satan got in. Deceived man and woman separated God from man. From then on, man could not get to God without atoning for the separation, for the sin. God so loved the world, he sent his only son to die on a cross Though he was sinless, he paid for our sin, past, present, future. (laughs) 
so that we could be reconciled to the Father, so that we wouldn't have to be separated because there was no way to get to God. And that Jesus, the Father's only Son, died on the cross. Three days later, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. And he left us with the Holy Spirit as a promise that he'll be back. And for all those who believe that Jesus is who he says he is, get to receive forgiveness for sin freely because Jesus paid for it. And you get to be reconciled to the Father as a son and a daughter adopted into the kingdom of heaven and the family, the original design for us to be one with God. And we get to receive Holy Spirit who will guide us, comfort us, challenge us. And Jesus will come again in fulfillment of the scriptures. And she stood there, and I'm having a bigger reaction right now than she was. <laughs> but she stood there, and I could see she was holding back her emotion. But she was having an encounter with God. She was having an encounter with God. Even though we can have the word of God doesn't mean we have the life of the word of God. And although somebody can share the word of God and it can bring life because the word is true, the life of the word of God imparted on somebody, it changes you. I guess it's appropriate that I'm talking about the power of encounter and I get encountered. <laughs> but that's because I fear God. I know how awesome he is. I know that this life is temporary. but I know that I have life eternally only because of the love he has for me. And he has that love for you too. I believe he's waiting patiently. I believe he's very intentional. And I know some of you don't know how to be a child because you grew up too fast. But you still were a child once. 
Nobody can escape that. You know how to be a child in your being. God the Father doesn't want you to approach him like you're the father. God the Father wants you to approach him like you're his son or daughter. And it's okay if you don't know how to do that. I think that's the starting point is recognizing what you don't know and asking God for help. God, I don't know how to fear you in the ways that TJ was talking about. I need your help. God, I don't know how to be a son or a daughter to approach you like a child when I feel like I've run away, when I feel like I grew up too quickly, when I feel like I had all these things happen in my life. I need your help. There's a lot of people right now who are striving to try and get the message of God out because they care. But if you're one of those people, God just wants your heart. The next page after Ecclesiastes is Song of Solomon. Talks about the bride confesses her love. I'm not sure how many of you guys know this. I didn't get it for a long time, but the Bible's a love story. And I'm not going to go into that on this episode, session, moment. But all you need to know is God loves you so much. And just as though he's a father, just as though he's a judge, just as though he's a king, a priest, he's also the, the groom to the bride. Marriage is God's idea. And we are the bride. And earlier I said, God just wants your heart. Song of Solomon is all about the first section, the bride confessing her love. That's the bride, you and me, confessing our love for God. So I think it's appropriate to just pray. I want to pray for whoever's listening or watching. If this impacted you and you want to share it with somebody who comes to mind, do that. Lord, thank you. Father, we love you. 
We're so grateful how awesome you are. Thank you for showing me that in my heart. Thank you for showing those listening whatever they need to see, whatever you were doing, however you were encountering somebody. Thank you, Lord. Father, I I just ask that you encounter more people in their lives. Encounter them personally, but encounter more people in their lives, their wife or husband, their significant other, their children, co-workers. Lord, encounter people. Just pray for that encounter right now. Take off the sunglasses that people are wearing. Help them see in full color. I know nobody comes to the Father unless they come through Jesus. I believe that, Lord. I see many people who have known Jesus but don't know the Father. Lord, I ask that you help them Learn that side of you. Help all of us learn more of that side of you. Help us know how to be children. Not people who know what they're doing. People who know they don't know what they're doing. Help us lay down our weapons. Help us come to you empty handed in terms of expectations. Help us start with a clean slate. Lord, we want you to write the story of our lives. It's your story. I just feel like I need to pray for people to receive healing right now. In Jesus' name, be healed. If you experience physical healing, I'd love to hear from you. But I don't need to because I know God touched you. Because I know in my spirit, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for the work you do, Lord. Thank you that you're willing to humble yourself to encounter us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you guys for listening.